0: This month, I'm excited to welcome our newest sponsor, the 12x12 Picture Book Writing Challenge. Grown-ups, do you dream of writing books for kids? Picture Book authors need to be prolific to get published. That's why members of 12x12 aim to write one picture book draft a month. With a private forum, monthly webinars, a thriving Facebook group, and more, Members enjoy the support of a welcoming community of authors and illustrators while working toward their publishing goals. Registration is open in January and February. Visit 12by12challenge.com winner for more information. That's the number 12x12challenge.com winner for more information. Welcome to the Children's Book Podcast. I'm Matthew. I'm a teacher, a librarian, and a fan of kids. Yep, all of you. Big, big fan. Some of you may be aware that Children's Publishing just celebrated its biggest awards show of the year. Each year, librarians, authors, illustrators, and other book people gather at the American Library Association's Midwinter Conference for the Youth Media Awards. Perhaps you've heard of some of the awards that are given: the John Newberry Medal for the most outstanding contribution to children's literature, the Randolph Caldecott Medal for the most distinguished American picture book for children, the Coretta Scott King Book Award, recognizing an African American author and illustrator of outstanding books for children and young adults, the Schneider Family Book Award for books that embody an artistic expression of the disability experience. The Pora Belpre Awards, honoring Latinx writers and illustrators whose children's and young adult books best portray, affirm, and celebrate the Latino cultural experience. The Robert F. Seibert International Book Award for the most distinguished informational book for children. And lots more, including the Sydney Taylor Book Award, which is presented annually by the Association of Jewish Libraries to Outstanding Books for Children and Teens that Authentically Portray the Jewish Experience. It has been a distinct pleasure for me to welcome the authors and illustrators of the Sydney Taylor Winners and Honors Books over the history of this podcast, and today we're upholding that tradition. We have 12 books represented across three categories, picture book, middle grade, and young adult. And while you may fall into one of those categories more than another, I promise that the messages these authors and illustrators brought to today's episode are for everyone. I'll have book covers and more information included with this episode on my website at matthewcwinner.com, but for now, all you need to do is listen. Let's start with the picture books. The 2023 Sydney Taylor Book Award gold medal winner in the picture book category is The Tower of Life, How Jaffa Ilyak Rebuilt Her Town in Stories and Photographs by Hannah Stiefel, illustrated by Susan Gall.
1: I'm Chana Stiefel, author of The Tower of Life, illustrated by Susan Gall, published by Scholastic. I was inspired to tell Jaffa Eliach's story when I read her obituary in the New York Times in 2016. I was amazed by Jaffa's ability to exhibit hope and resilience in the face of unbearable tragedy. Jaffa was born in 1935 in a small town, a shtetl, called Aishashach in Poland. Her grandmother was the town photographer, and Yaffa loved to help out in her grandmother's store. On the eve of the Jewish New Year, Rosh Hashanah, every year, people sent photos to their relatives around the world with wishes for good health and happiness. But when the Nazis invaded in 1941, Jaffa and her family fled. Yaffa tucked some family photos into her shoes. Uh, Within two days, 900 years of history in Aisha shock were uprooted. Many years later, Jaffa, who was a survivor, had become a Holocaust historian. In 1979, President Jimmy Carter reached out to Jaffa to help build a memorial to the victims of the Holocaust in Washington, DC. But Jaffa didn't want to reflect on death and darkness. She wanted to show dignity, not disaster. Lives lived, not lost and she remembered those photos she had tucked in her shoes. So she set out on a sacred mission to collect stories and photographs of every man, woman, and child who had lived in Aisha Shack. She traveled around the world for 17 years, and she rebuilt her town, not brick by brick, but story by story, photo by photo and she created the Tower of Faces, which is a central exhibit at the U.S. Holocaust Memorial Museum in Washington, D.C. Yaffa would want children today to see themselves in these photographs and appreciate our shared humanity. I'm so honored that the Tower of Life won this year's Sydney Taylor Book Award. It's so important to me that Yaffa's story be shared with the next generation since Holocaust survivors are passing away. Uh, I believe that this book is best suited to children eight years old and up, um, but I believe it's also for all ages and at the discretion of parents and teachers because of the sensitive nature. Uh, That said, um, Susan Gall's illustrations are filled with life and are so powerful, and I hope that everyone who gets a chance to read this book will enjoy it and appreciate it. Thank you so much.
2: Hello, my name is Susan Gall. I'm the illustrator of The Tower of Life, How Jaffa Eliak Rebuilt Her Town in Stories and Photographs, written by Hannah Stiefel. The Tower of Life is a picture book biography about Jaffa Eliach, a Holocaust survivor and historian. She was born in the town of Ischyshock in Poland, and her grandmother was one of the town's photographers. In 1941, the Nazis invaded her town and murdered nearly the entire population of Ischyshock. Jaffa and her family miraculously escaped. As they fled, six-year-old Yaffa tucked some family photos in her shoes and held on to them throughout the war. Yaffa became a history professor in the U.S. and was asked by President Jimmy Carter to help build a memorial to the victims of the Holocaust in Washington, D.C. Yaffa remembered the photos that she had saved in her shoes. She wondered if other survivors had saved family photos, so Yaffa set off on a mission to rebuild her town through photos and stories. After 17 years of traveling the world, she gathered over 6,000 photos of the people of Ishishak. Those photos became a three-story high exhibit in the U.S. Holocaust Memorial Museum known as the Tower of Life. Yaffa's memorial focuses on the lives that were lived with dignity and humanity, not as victims or disaster. As I was creating the art for this book, I wanted to honor Yafa's desire for young readers to see the people of Ishishak as people just like them, not as victims of the Holocaust. I focused on illustrating what life was like at that time to show why Jaffa so loved her vibrant shtetl. It's my hope that readers will be inspired by Jaffa's empathy, her determination, and resilience. As Hannah so beautifully writes at the end of the book, may her spirit and legacy continue to shine forever.
0: The silver medal honors in the picture book category are Big Dreams, Small Fish, written and illustrated by Paula Cohen, The Very Best Sukkah, a story from Uganda, by Shoshana Nambi, illustrated by Moran Yogev, and Sitting Shiva, by Aaron Silver, illustrated by Michelle Theodore.
3: Hi, Matthew. Uh, My name is Paul Martin. Um, I am not an author-illustrator, uh, my wife, uh, Paula Cohen, uh, is the author and illustrator of, of the book uh, Big Dreams, Small Fish, uh, which was published uh, last year uh, in March uh, by Levine uh, Carido. uh Big Dreams, Small Fish was the culmination of uh, several years of work by Paula. Uh, Paula was an illustrator uh, by trade. Um, and she had a dream to become a children's book uh, illustrator and author. Um, Paula, unfortunately, died on February 24th of last year, uh, not too long after learning that her uh, book would be published, um, and also just prior to the March 1st uh, formal uh, publication date of Big Dreams, Small Fish. Um, I know uh, she would be extremely honored and thrilled that her book has been recognized by the Sydney Taylor um, Committee as an honor book, and um, Paula just would have been thrilled. Um, for me, uh, it's it's been uh, you know obviously bittersweet, but uh, I am so happy that Paula's work would have been uh, has been recognized. Uh, it's so important to me, it's so important to my two sons, Joshua and, and Julian, uh, that, you know, Paula's memory can live, you know, through this work, which is just a, you know, a lovely book. Um, you know, the book obviously touches on Jewish themes, uh, but, but I think the, the message um, is, you know, some of the messages and themes in the book are uh, universal. A Big Dream Small Fish tells the story of a little girl, Shirley, Uh, who's growing up and helps her parents in their grocery store uh, in the 1930s. Um, uh, Their parents are uh, immigrants uh, to uh, the New World, and um, Shirley has all kinds of ideas to make the store more modern and more efficient. Uh, The store that is uh, the set, if you will, uh, of the story is loosely based on the grocery store that Paula's grandparents ran in uh, Albany, New York, where Paula was from. And the main character, Shirley, the little girl who stars in the story uh, is named after Paula's uh, beloved mom. And then Paula's mom also would have been, uh, and I'm sure is so proud of Paula uh, for uh, this uh, accomplishment. Uh, So the story is Shirley has some great ideas to make the store work better, run better, to help her parents out. Uh, you know, when her parents are, uh, you know, they don't, they didn't bring, as they say in the book, uh, their little girl to the new world to work. But Shirley is persistent and has some great ideas on how to make the store better and how to make uh, this new delicacy that the customers do not know about, gefilte fish, um, a, a success, and how to introduce that in a unique way to um, the people who come into the store. Uh, Big Dream, Small Fish is a culmination of Paula's dream uh, much in the way that Shirley, her character in the book, realizes her dream uh, in the story that uh, Paula told.
4: Hi, my name is Shoshana Nambi. I am the author of The Very Best sukha, a story from Uganda. The Very Best Suka is a story about a young spirited girl, Shoshi, who lives with her grandparents and her two brothers and her goat Mbito. Shoshi loves to decorate the suka where her family will celebrate Sukkot, but she also looks forward to the annual suka competition where everybody presents their very best suka to be selected. Sure she loves a little competition, but for the first time she is confronted by the ugly side of competition, which is people speaking badly about others and being unkind and she feels sad. But she quickly learns through the message of the rabbi and through the community experience that everybody wins when neighbors and friends and community works together and feels kindness towards each other. I wrote this book first for the kids in Uganda to see their trees and their stories and their lives and their foods celebrated in a Jewish book, a Jewish children's book. I wrote the story also for kids, for Jewish kids around the world to read about how Sukkot is celebrated in Uganda with the foods and the kinds of decorations that we use and the spirit that people have celebrating all the Jewish uh, ceremonies in Uganda. I also included a message of how kids and caregivers and parents and grandparents can learn about the history and the present and the future of the Jewish community in Uganda. The message of the book is basically we need to work together, that we uh, sometimes can feel divided and sometimes can feel Um, frustrated and so many other things. But when we try to work together, we all win.
5: Hi, my name's Erin Silver, and I'm the author of the picture book, Sitting Shiva. The book is about a girl who's lost her mother, and she comes to discover what it really means to sit Shiva. Uh, The reader that I had in mind when I wrote this story was young children who have had some kind of loss and need to turn to their family or friends to feel better and get support, Um, and you don't have to have lost a family it could be uh, even having a sad day or losing a pet Uh, but it's all about the beauty of community and the traditions we share and how we're more similar than we are separately Um, and that is really the message that I want to share with my readers is that um, we're so much more similar than we are different and that we can all learn to support each other and take care of one another in our time of need.
0: Picture books are for everybody, and the words and illustrations work together to tell a story to the readers. Middle grade books, by comparison, are most often focused on readers ages 8 to 12, though it really depends on the contents of the story as well as the kid reading it. Middle grade books often make great classroom read-alouds. The 2023 Sydney Taylor Book Award Gold Medal winner in the middle grade category is Aviva versus the Dybbuk, by Mari Lowe.
6: Hi, my name is Mari Lowe, and I'm the author of Aviva versus the Dybbuk. Aviva is the story of an Orthodox Jewish girl who lives with a mother who's struggling with depression, and they live above a ritual bath, a mikveh. Um, which is a place where you know women go once a month and they immerse in the mikvah and Aviva's mother is kind of in charge of helping them with that and this building is haunted by a dibbik which is almost like a ghost it's you know some kind of creature with unfinished business and this dibbik is constantly you know doing all kinds of things and ruining things and Uh, making things more difficult for the women who come and visit and for Aviva and her mother. And Aviva is the only one who can see the Dybbuk and the only one who can fight that Dybbuk. At the same time in school, she's having trouble with her friends um, who aren't really her friends anymore. After she had lost her father, they really stopped talking to her and she became kind of an outcast in school. So she spends a lot of time trying to sort of rebuild all the connections that she had once had while she comes to terms with what had happened to her father in the past and tries to you know kind of reach out to her mother a little bit more and the Dybbuk is kind of a rival but also kind of the only person who understands her. I really wrote this story for two different kinds of readers. I wrote it first for the Orthodox Jewish kids out there like me (laughs) who, when we grew up, there really wasn't much about us. When there are stories about Orthodox Judaism, they, they tend to be about either people kind of peeking in from outside or about people leaving Orthodox Judaism and exploring the world. And while those were all really interesting to me, I never really felt like there were people existing within my culture. So it was very important for me to create a book where Orthodox Jewish kids could see themselves. But at the same time, I also wrote it for the outside world because I felt that there really aren't a lot of books out there or even a lot of media out there that really depicts what it's like to actually authentically be an Orthodox Jewish kid and you know, to kind of exist within that world. There's always, you know, there are a lot of stories that come at us like we're strange and different. And I don't really think we're all that different. And so for me, it was also kind of to reach out to those kids and to let them kind of see, oh, we're not that different. Oh, you know, I'm a lot like Aviva. I relate to Aviva. I relate to her story. And this world is not really all that strange. (laughs) My message to my readers is, you know we are not that different. We all come from different cultures, and there are many, many ways to be Jewish and there are many cultures you know built around Judaism and built around everything really um and throughout all that, I think that there are a lot of really human things about all of us that we all share. you know Aviva likes sports, she likes playing sports, a lot of kids like playing sports. Unfortunately, she's dealing with a lot of grief, which is something that's not unfamiliar to adults and children. Um, You know, and with a parent with depression, which is something else that's really, really difficult for many people. It doesn't matter where you come from, how you dress. It doesn't matter, you know, what languages you speak and so on. There's, you know, there are universal experiences out there. And I hope that I've demystified Orthodox Judaism a little bit for, you know, for kids. And, you know, and they can kind of reach that understanding um, through Aviva. So that's really, you know, my main message to readers. And I'm really so grateful for all the people who have given Aviva a chance, and I hope that this is, you know, the first of many books that come out about Orthodox Judaism that aren't, you know, so othering and alienating. I think that there are really a lot of stories that are still there to be told about also the many varieties of Orthodox Judaism out there, because we're all not the same, and, you know, about community and about just joy within our lifestyle that we really don't get to see a lot of. And I'm so appreciative, and I'm really excited to see what comes next for my community within, you know, within literature. And in general, I'm just really happy about this push for diversity in lived experiences all throughout um, children's literature right now.
0: The silver medal honors in the middle grade category are Honey and Me by Miera Drazen, Blackbird, Blue Road by Sophia Pasternak, and Ellen Outside the Lines by A.J.
7: Sass. Hi, my name is Miira Drazen, and I'm the author of the middle grade novel Honey and Me. Set in a modern Orthodox Jewish community, Honey and Me is a contemporary, realistic, coming-of-age story about Mila, an 11-year-old girl going through sixth grade in the shadow of Honey, her fearless best friend. I had several readers in mind when I was writing Honey and Me. One, my childhood self. I basically wrote something that I would have loved to read as a kid, about characters who went to the kind of Jewish day school that I did and grew up in the kind of community I did. I never saw that kinds of book growing up, and when I started writing Honey and Me, there still wasn't anything like that. Two, my own children and any readers today who deserve to see themselves and their communities as a legitimate mainstream setting in children's literature for everyone and anyone to enjoy. Three, readers who don't know anything or not that much about modern Orthodox Judaism and through the specificity of the setting and characters might relate to the emotional experiences of Mila and Honey and through that learn something new about the world as well as about themselves. And four, anyone who likes a story about day-to-day life that makes you laugh and cry along with the characters. I'd like my readers to know that friendship comes in many guises, shapes, and sizes. Not everyone will have one best friend like Mila has with Honey, but no matter what, friendships grow and change, and through this, the best ones get even stronger.
8: Hi, my name is Sophia Pasternak, and I am the author of *Blackbird Blue Road*. It's the story of 12-year-old Ziva and her twin brother Pesach, who has leprosy, and she is trying to cure his illness to save his life by taking him to Constantinople, where there are lots of doctors, but on the way they meet a half-demon boy who tells them about a city where no one dies, so they try to go there instead. The kind of reader that I had in mind when crafting this story was anybody, but kind of specifically anybody who is experiencing loss or has experienced loss and giving a perspective on um, certain types of responses to facing losing somebody. And the message that I would like to share with my readers is that there's always room for compassion in whatever we are doing and that things are not
9: always what they seem. Andrew Sass, writing as AJ Sass, and I am the author of Ellen Outside the Lines, a middle grade novel from Little Brown Books for Young Readers. Ellen Outside the Lines follows Ellen Katz, an autistic 13-year-old, as she embarks on a trip to Barcelona, Spain with her Spanish class during the summer between 7th and 8th grade. Ellen is really hoping this trip will help her reconnect with her best friend, who's grown a bit distant over the past year as she makes more friends and focuses on different interests. Being autistic, Ellen finds comfort in known quantities, so she's prepared for this trip by memorizing last year's itinerary and even helping her ABBA pack. But the moment she arrives in Spain, everything gets turned on its head when she learns that her Spanish teacher has changed the itinerary from field trips and lectures to a scavenger hunt format. And Ellen ends up assigned to a team that doesn't include her best friend. When I was developing this story, I hoped that a wide spectrum of readers would find it entertaining, but I wanted to give a nod especially to Jewish, neurodivergent, and queer readers because Ellen and her family are Jewish and Ellen is autistic, as well as starting to realize she only gets crushes on girls and that she, they pronouns might fit her better than she, her. I have two messages I want to share with readers of Ellen Outside the Lines. First is that it's natural for friendships to change or even end during middle school. It doesn't necessarily mean it's anyone's fault though, And sometimes these changes can open the door for you to make friends with kids that fit you even better. Second is that we are all wonderfully unique human beings. Some of us are Jewish, others aren't. I'm also autistic and queer, but some of my readers may not be. No matter what our backgrounds and identities happen to be, there are opportunities to be a good ally. So listen when the people around you share their experiences or describe how you might be able to support them although needs may vary from person to person and situation to situation, we will always be stronger when we advocate for one another.
0: Our final set of books are written for an audience of young adults, which means teens. These books feature more mature themes and language, so know that they might not be the right book choice for you right now. Even so, enjoy learning about their complex and beautiful stories, and make note of what books you might want to check out when you get to middle or high school. The 2023 Sydney Taylor Book Award Gold Medal winner in the Young Adult category is When the Angels Left the Old Country by Sasha Lamb.
10: Hi, my name is Sasha Lamb, and I'm the author of When the Angels Left the Old Country. And The Angels Left the Old Country is an Alice Island-era immigrant fairy tale starring an angel and a demon who are Talmud study partners and leave their little shtetl in Poland in search of a young girl from the village who's gone missing on her way to America. And on their way, they meet another young girl who's leaving her own shtetl to make a better life for herself and her family. And they find that America is a complicated place full of magic and mystery and murder. As I was writing this story, I really wanted to create something that people like myself who are very deeply attached to Jewish community and also very attached to queer community could see both of those aspects of themselves reflected in the book. And I also wanted to write something that was in a way universal. It's a story of leaving home and discovering new things about yourself. And so I hope that readers will will see that in the story, will see the love in the story. And we'll enjoy the journey that the characters are going on and we'll see that history is complicated and it's full of darkness, but it's also full of bright spots and love and family and obligations and a little bit of magic.
0: The silver medal honors in the young adult category are My Fine Fellow, A Delicious Entanglement by Jenica Cohen, Some Kind of Hate by Sarah Darer-Littman, and Eight Nights of Flirting by Hannah Reynolds.
11: Hi, I'm Jenica Cohen. I am the author of My Fine Fellow. My Fine Fellow takes place in an alternate version of 1830s England, where culinarians, uh, who are women who train to be the top chefs of their day, are the very top tier of society. Everybody wants their services, and everybody wants them to consult, and everybody wants to be one of them. One night at Covent Garden Market, two culinarians in training, Helena Higgins and Penelope Pickering, meet a young Elijah Little who in fact is a Jewish boy who makes his living selling pies and empanadas on the street corners of London. Helena decides that for her final year project she's going to turn Elijah into a gentleman chef who will be able to impress even royalty. It's also a gender-swapped retelling of the musical My Fair Lady and the play Pygmalion by George Bernard Shaw and there is a very healthy dose of the Great British Bake Off in there too for cooking show fans. I believe the readers I had in mind started with people like me. Readers who like musicals, historical fiction, cooking and baking shows and people who want to see more protagonists who are like themselves. Um, the more I wrote, the more excited I was to be able to tell the story through the lens of a half Filipina girl like Penelope Pickering and a Jewish boy like Elijah. And also to show the Jewish experience in a historical time period that hasn't been very well represented in fiction. I was also aware that there would be readers who came to the narrative, um, well, who don't usually read books about anti-Semitism or racism. And I was very much hoping that this book would give those types of readers a different perspective and still deliver on the, you know, beauty and the romantic yearnings that they might expect of a My Fair Lady retelling. The continued rise of anti-Semitism is something I thought a lot about while writing this book, and something I continue to think a lot about. It's an issue we just can't brush under the rug or hope will go away. I hope that those of us who don't believe that hate against any group really is, is the answer can be strong enough to stand up for each other and what's good both now and in the years to come.
12: Hi, I'm Sarah Dara Lipman, the author of Some Kind of Hate. Some Kind of Hate is told from the points of view of two friends, Jake and Declan. When an accident puts the future Declan imagined for himself in doubt, he feels lost. Who is he if he's not the star pitcher with a bright future? Unfortunately, he finds his new identity by going down a rabbit hole of extremism, which puts his friendships and Jake's life at risk. I had several types of readers in mind while writing Some Kind of Hate. I wrote it for teens who live in areas where they might not have encountered a Jewish person. I wrote it for teens who feel lost and alone and are searching for something in the hope that they can find what they're looking for through love, not hatred. I wrote it for teens who spend a lot of time online, hoping that through Jake's perspective they will begin to recognize coded and not so coded anti-Semitic ideas and understand the danger of them. I wrote it for Jewish teens so that at a time of rising anti-Semitism, they feel seen. I wrote it so that people understand that teens aren't attracted to extremism because of the ideology initially. It's because there's a lack in their life, and they're searching for community, identity, and purpose. Researching and writing the book changed me. When interviewing former neo-Nazis, I learned that one of the first cracks in their extremist worldview came when they received kindness from whom they least deserved it or when they were approached with curiosity instead of hostility. So I guess the message I hope to share with readers is that we need to learn to talk to people with whom we vehemently disagree. I'm not pretending those conversations are easy. As I told one former neo-Nazi I interviewed, Nazis were my worst nightmare growing up. But unless we learn how to approach people who might not look or worship or speak the same way we do with respect and genuine curiosity, we will never achieve a more perfect union. Thank you so much for this tremendous honor. It means the world to me.
13: Hi, my name is Hannah Reynolds and I'm the author of Eight Nights of Flirting. Eight Nights of Flirting is a YA romantic comedy set at Hanukkah. It has a large family cast, and it's very cozy. There's lots of hot cocoa and snowstorms. It's about 16-year-old Shira, who gets snowed in for the first night of Hanukkah with her nemesis, Tyler. And they strike a deal. He'll give her flirting lessons if she helps him try to get an internship with her great uncle. Uh... It also deals a lot with how to communicate, how learning how to be honest with people and learning how to not be scared about telling people about how you feel. I wrote it for all teenagers and I especially hope that Jewish teenagers get a lot out of seeing their own holiday traditions represented. There's lots of songs and latkes, and uh, there's a Hanukkah play that all of the cousins put on. I, I hope
0: it makes all readers laugh a lot. Time to visit your library to put these great books on hold. There were so many compelling stories. I hope you heard one that feels just right for you. And if you didn't, I hope you heard one that makes you want to step outside of your comfort zone to try something new. The Children's Book Podcast is written, edited, and produced by me, Matthew Winner. Follow the show wherever podcasts are found, and leave us a rating or review when you do. That helps us out a whole lot, because it helps the show get discovered by and recommended to new listeners. Visit matthewcwinner.com for a full transcript of this episode, plus some questions that you can use as you think about this episode. So, what book are you most excited to read from those we heard about today? Write to me or send me a message at matthewmakespods at gmail.com. That's M-A-T-T-H-E-W-M-A-K-E-S-P-O-D-S at gmail.com. Want a copy of any of the 2023 Sydney Taylor Book Award winners or honors? Check your school or public library, your classroom, or if you want to support independent bookstores, you can purchase a copy at bookshop.org. I'll have a link in the show notes. Our podcast logo was created by Duke Stebbins. Our music is by Poddington Bear. Podcast hosting by Libsyn. And we are a proud member of Kids Listen, the best place to discover the best in kids' podcasts. Learn more at kidslisten.org. Be well and read on.